Hello, welcome to Fallout Podcast, episode 86, aka Rollout. Roll up for the Underpants show. I think I used that last time round as well. It's a futile fall show, then all 525 songs going H2H, shakedown. Now round two, 256 songs, two eras, 770, 93, 94 to 17. Um... And that's it. That's the end of the band. Thank you to Annotated Fall Few, the track record, Oh Puritan, Puritan, Oh Brother, Oh Fallen Fives, and all of them what fall. Joined tonight by Pippium, William, Billy and Rugby. How you doing, Pip? I'm doing very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, fine. I didn't I didn't think of any funny lines to put after your names, but it will speed stuff up at least. <laughs> Lord Sage not Temple. Not efficient, pal. Exactly. Lord Sage Temple, how are you, Ezra? Greasy fingers, confused trackpad. Indeed. Causing Indeed. further perplexity. 29th century problems. Pemberton Shyamalan Walker. <laughs> What's the twist this week? Oh, I'm mostly semi-caffeinated. <laughs> he was dead all along. Brilliant. <laughs> um, Marquee, tiny Tim Twatois. How is uh, is he with us? He's tapped his way through. He's uh, had the tin cup out and the radiator's been banging away. Brilliant. The metaphors, the, the, the narrative is back. <laughs> and um has got to pull up the slack if you're not putting the work in. Exactly. I tell you who is back, though. Chris Barrow of Wigan after a yes. holiday, yes. holiday in Cambodia. Where, where have you been? Cambodia. Brilliant. No, Portugal, the Portuguese islands. You guys always Portugal, get those Portuguese, two Portuguese, Portuguese bit of Cambodia. Exactly. Yeah. Are you tanned there, Chris? I can't tell. I am I'm, I'm, I'm extremely tanned. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, it's not many white bits. No. No, no. <laughs> no comment. Three beers O'Shaughnessy, garbage <laughs> in, garbage out. Um, etc. We have a, a guest, uh, Mr. Ian Crawford, what uh, I encountered on Twitter now called X. The, the, the platform's called X. Ian hasn't changed his name, I don't think. Um, how are you doing, Ian? Can you hear me? Hey, guys. Oh, hey. Hey. nice to meet you. I'm probably going to be the least qualified fall person on your podcast ever, having only listened for five weeks. <laughs> but, but you have listened to like an insane amount of fall in those last five weeks. Well, that's um, what I do again background yeah i do the, the twitter polls and we're up to 120th band now so yeah and i let other followers pick the band yeah okay so um usually and uh, they picked the fall and the guy that picked i said ian i'm going to go for the fall but i don't want to break you so if you want to choose someone else that's fine i said no let's go for it uh, so i've been diving in yeah been great nice so i mean i've been following and uh interestingly it's actually down this the the final votes happening right, right now isn't it but no spoilers um four hours to go on a 24-hour final so yeah <laughs> yeah insane um so what what is your kind of background in music or what what kind of stuff do you like and, and have you encountered stuff by the fall much before and, and what what have you learned from your five week uh, deep dive oh it's fantastic a deep dive but i mean with, with what 520 ish songs it seems like a, a splash rather than a deep dive doesn't it you need a yeah. hell of a lot more but um, no, well, as I say, I've, I've always loved music, even at an early age. I liked, I mean, my first kind of band, I was eight years old, was Police. So I'm 52 years old, so I was listening to They Were Out. Then I went and moved, moved on to a band called Japan. Okay, yeah. Uh, at a young age, you know, not really many kids, 10, 11, were listening to Japan. And then um big favourite was uh, Bauhaus. So okay. if anyone knows Bauhaus, yeah, very, yeah, eclectic, yeah. very eclectic band. You know, you can't pigeon, people think they can pigeonhole them as goth, but in the short four years they were around, um, very eclectic mix. So I 
think that set me up to be very open-minded with music and I think um, I have loved The Fall so much because there's something for everyone, isn't there? Absolutely everyone. Yeah. Ecumenical. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot in the... Uh, just going back to Bauhaus, yeah, they're, they're a band I didn't know until a few years ago and, and there's, um, uh, there's another band I was into called Joan of Arc and the, the guy started, he was he was citing that particularly The Sky's Gone Out by Bauhaus. Oh, yeah, that's that's adult, that is a really good album. Yeah. I got that for you get an album Christmas, you know, with a yeah. very expensive one, and that was the one I chose. So I think I would have been coming up for 11 years old. And again, not many kids that age. When I put, I think I'd been open to like Ziggy Stardust and maybe another single. Yeah. When I put Needle Down on that album, I thought, what the hell have I done? And I, But you invest time in albums then, didn't you? You wanted to work. So you had the lyrics there on the inner sleeve and played it. You didn't do skipping, you just let it run. So I, so that opened up a world of click based and given everything a go from. And then from there, I kind of moved on to Big moved into heavy metal so I was into kind of ACT Iron Maiden Metallica and then again into grunge yeah. and so yeah but the, the polls have been great because it's opened up not just stuff to fall but Nick Cave and the Bad Seed a band that I totally missed to them and that's a back catalogue as well yeah. And um, but 120 bands and some I hadn't even heard of like Low I've never heard of a band called Low or Beach House and, yeah. and I'll listen to that band for the full four week poll is on you know I'll watch interviews or clips and read interviews and stuff and really just try and immerse myself in that band for that time you know so it's a great way to get music because it kind of forces you to listen to band you know no it's super cool following it and then uh, i think you're you're moving on to the dead kennedys next yeah you? and I th- yeah that's exactly right i've got what i've in god we trust which is an ep but other than that it's just holiday in cambodia and a few singles so again that's another not a big catalog compared to the fall but again it's a new band for me to explore yeah i kind of know what no, but I'm going to be getting, I suppose, with them. But yeah, so I'll be full on Dead Kennedy. But I'm, I'm definitely going to be um, listening fall. You know, and I feel as if five weeks is nowhere near enough. No, and and I'm sure you picked up some favourites along the way. Is there any anything kind of jumped out at you? Yeah, and I'm kind of listening to them on the train, going to work, going to work a couple of days a week still, or I'm out running, or so it's kind of random. So I've kind of lost track of the songs that are on certain albums. And I'm oh yeah, 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 that was about it. Yeah. What album was that on? So I'm totally still five weeks in. I feel as if I haven't really scratched the surface, but yeah, there's a few that stand out. A few that stand out. The last 32 playlist, so the last 32 of the poll, yeah, is is pretty strong for a lot of your your big hitters nice. as well. You know, but yeah, what a what an amazing band for. And I can I can see what the fuss is now. You know I really can. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Well, uh, we've been at this for quite a while, and when we started, uh, you know, some of us knew a bit more than others. But as we've been through the whole thing, we're starting to get ahead around uh, some of these songs. And so tonight, um, everyone, we've got Iceland versus Autotech Pilot, and then we'll do Reprise, Jane Prof Mick versus Blindness, and then Birthday Song versus Couples versus Job. Bless mid thirty three songs though. Be careful. So um yeah, Pip if you could line up Iceland and let's crack on. A plate still on check was a fire. My compatriots hated even the core of myself. Not a matter of ill health, but was fear of weakness deep in core of myself. The fact attainment was out of.
mm-hmm. obviously he was waiting for it to kick in, waiting for that, that big booming bass to come in there. But Pip, as is customary, Iceland, quite a vibe, isn't it, for this Kerry Katona <laughs> tribute? <laughs> it is quite a vibe indeed. So uh, for, for those who's not in the know, you're referencing a, um, a previous conversation with Mr. Pemerson Walker over there about <laughs> this tune and what it's up against. Um, I mean, first of all, this is, it's a beautiful piece of music. Um, however, however it's come together, it's its a beautiful piece. It's, um, uh, I'm going to preempt Al a little bit in terms of calling it an organic tune, because it is, it's its quite obviously where they've come together. They've got a limited amount of time. The, uh, the, uh, the story is that they're in this uh, special studio in Iceland, aren't they? It's part of a, a bit of a weird bit of a tour to to iceland and they get this studio time in this uh troglodyte studio that's built into a volcano or something and um, and then we get this piece of music out of it which is part sort of comish music part emma james ghost story it's uh and it's all atmosphere it's it's got everything you kind of know and love in terms of tape recorded things going on and arcane modernist lyrics that that tension that smith gets all the time um and some really really beautiful uh pieces of uh piano lift this time what the keyboard normally does in the in the pop tunes it, it it's it's a it's more of a grand or a baby grand piano playing that stuff that really lifts it to the right place and um yeah it's an astonishing it's an astonishing piece of music this and i really it's beautiful it's it's such a strange one and uh, one that although i knew before we started this is not wasn't a favorite but every time it's growing little by little and i can see what the fuss is about the other thing i was just going to say is i can't think of another song where smithy sings it in this voice he's doing the voice isn't he he does another he does another voice later on in another song but this one maybe is slightly (laughs) less offensive We'll we'll cover that when we cover it. But the it, the voice that he affects in this is is very odd. It's almost like an American accent in place. So, but it's it worked. Yeah, Alistair, how do you respond to this? I well, I, what Phil was saying there about the the accents, uh, I didn't really pick up on that, and it is one that I've been familiar with since I was about seventeen or sixteen. Um, so it's that's, it's been on heavy rotation over the years. Uh, but yeah, I love it. It's it's a great tune. It's dead earthy. I love the vibe that's the, that you get with the song. Um, the recording's fantastic. As you mentioned, the uh, troglodyte studio in in Iceland. Uh, but all the rustling and the whistles and the tap noise is fantastic. It's got a really nice jammed out feel to it, and it's very atmospheric. Um, what's it not to like? Yeah, I think Paul Hanley's done his best to try and de, de you know demystify the studio. It was actually a, a really nice orchestral studio that was at, was built into the into a mountainside, but uh, it isn't it isn't some ramshackle studio. It's like the best studio. It was, it was, it was run by Stigger the Dump. Exactly. Yeah. There was trolls in it and everything. I know. And, oh yeah, pictures of movements all over the place. They're for Finland. It's all different bag. They were on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, what uh, what do you make of uh, Iceland? This is the thing. I feel as if I've still what do I make of the fall? And it's like it's mind blowing. But um, yeah, it's it's as Phil said at the music, it is it's kind of those are all lovely. And even the title of it, the way my brain works, Python or Vic Reeves. But I can imagine if it was a national anthem for the Icelandic ball team, and they're all standing lining up <laughs> in that through the speakers, the opposition would be thinking this, and then even. <laughs> yeah. the game. 
they'll be confused and an Iceland would win, you know, it's by fusing with their national anthem. But yeah, when you've only heard the me three or four times, still trying to <laughs> form an opinion of it. But yeah, I can give you, with each song, I can tell you where it got to in the recent... Yeah, yeah, that would be, that's good, yeah. So to give you a background of 520-ish songs, would that be kind of general? That's the concept? number we're kind of, yeah. Playing with yeah. yeah. What I like to do in the poll is have sixteen or eight seeds, but in this case, sixteen seeded songs, and they, they're voted for at the beginning. So they, those guys stay out of the poll because they would just destroy everything yeah. in the path. So these guys last thirty-two. So I can tell you that Iceland wasn't one of the six. Yeah, and out of thirty rounds, yeah, yeah. How far do you guys think? Well, it's on Hex, and people know it relatively well. If you're if you're following the fall on on Twitter, you, anything on Hex probably did pretty well. I reckon last sixty-four maybe. That's spot on, Brendan, because it got to around 29 and there was 30 rounds. You got to the last 30. It got to around 29. So really would have been, yeah, top 64. Could have yeah. been as high as 49. Yeah, yeah. Below 64. So spot on. That's fantastic. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, he's got a good chance of going a fair way in this in this competition as well because um, there's a lot of a lot of love for it in the room it's um and it's so unique it stands out as like it's it's very unfall-ish but it still has everything that we love about the band in it as well great lyrics great uh voice great instrumentation what does chris barrow of wigan think of this song yes excellent stuff this uh says that this, the circumstances led to it sounding quite uh, lo-fi but it kind of really gives it a good, uh, interesting vibe. Um, alternating guitar and bass, a bit plinky-plunk at the start, but those those kind of cymbal crashes make it all quite um, ceremonial-sounding. You know, again, kind of yeah. great atmosphere to it. And it's all kind of steadily building. Lots of interesting uh, sounds coming and going throughout. And then as it kind of climaxes and gets more chaotic, it's quite uh, Red Crayola for me. Gives, nice. gives that kind of kind of sound towards yeah. the end. Um, I had a quick listen to uh, Megas Johnson, who's uh, mentioned in the lyrics. Okay, but oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah uh, I wouldn't recommend his stuff really. It's uh, <laughs> it's a bit kind I think of it's uh, Iceland, apart from Björk. <laughs> Is it like traditional kind stuff? of uh, Icelandic stuff? So. Okay. Um, but it does look a bit like Marquis Smith in his in his latter years, which is got the kind of sen- the side parting going on, which is which is good. But uh, yeah, just excellent stuff. Indeed, it's one of the few that is. Um, it suggested that it was a full band improvisation because you don't you don't you can feel that right in, in a lot of it, but it's it's rare that it isn't uh, that that it, they improvise more or less from scratch. But um, I'm not sure how, how much it was done in the moment, but sure, it's definitely it holds together in a, in a very different way. What Ezra loves this, we know that Ezra, tell us about Iceland. I do love it very much. I mean, some things which I picked up on the background of this song, uh, which is courtesy of the annotated four, where they quote from that time when they went over to Iceland, they had like a journal from Melody Maker or the NME who accompanied them and kind of wrote it up. And so like during this kind of recording session, apparently Iceland, the kind of musical theme emerged when they were just setting up and tuning up and what, what have you. And then I think later on towards the end of the time they had, uh, maybe Smith asked them to like do that again. And so not maybe a hundred percent improvisation in the style of like, let's say Derek Bailey, but there was certainly like, it feels to me when I listen to it, you know, there are, there are parts where it kind of goes off the boil a little bit, feels improvised. And the other thing, which, uh, I, I actually was thinking about when Phil was talking about Smith's voice, like 
according to this article, Riley says to uh, the journalist, oh, he wants us to do something Dylanish." And so I, I don't know if that impacts on 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 the cadence of his of his voice, but apparently, yeah, Riley got a proper slapping around off Smith after he'd read the <laughs> read the article. But it's such a fucking fantastic, peerless, perfect piece of music. I think like I haven't ever collated a list of my top ten bass lines, but I think the bass line on this one would certainly be in there because I don't think I've ever heard anything like it and the piano and percussion and and smith's own kind of gnarly guitar and the banjo it 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 comes together in a great fucking groove which is you know what you want from the fall but it's completely of its own thing and reading into the lyrics earlier today i got really interested in the first uh the first verse so i'll read that a steel plate object was a fired and I did not feel for my compatriots, hated even the core of myself, not a matter of ill health. It was fear of weakness, deep in core of myself, the fact attainment was out of. And I was like, what the fuck's that? Like, that's like some World War II novel or something. Like, you know, I was searching on online for a plate steel object that's fired and searching my brain for the word for like a projectile, which just arrived in my brain now as I'm talking um, and would have been handy about six hours ago. But yeah, and so, you know, I checked out what happened in Iceland during World War II and essentially Iceland were declared neutrality and then at a certain point were invaded by the Brits in a non-aggressive fashion um, because they were worried that the Germans were going to take over the place. So there was no steel plate objects getting fired around that time. And it's such a kind of enigmatic opening verse and also really, really quite beautiful because, you know, I guess he's talking about the kind of ultimate cowardice of being a soldier at war and like not liking any part of what it is that you're into. Um, I thought it was fucking great. And, you know, later on... It's a great few lines, Ezra. Do you know what I said M.I. James before, but that's straight out of Lovecraft, isn't it? That's one of those, like, sort of uh, weak internal sort of Lovecraft cipher kind of dialogues. Yeah, yeah. And 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 then later on, he gets more into their experience in Iceland. And, and probably my favourite part, or the part that jumped out at me when I first listened to it, was uh, sit in the gold room, fall down flat in the cafe aisle without a glance from the clientele, good coffee, black as well, hair blonde as hell, cast the runes against your own soul. And for me, that's just like the kind of, it's almost like a haiku in the way that it just perfectly puts an image into your head. Such fucking, yeah, it's just really fucking smashing. You, anyway, I'll, I'll, You should I'll have gone the that. net one line further when he said roll up for the underpants show. I was leaving that to you, Brendan. Okay. I know you like underpants. I do. I wear them most days. Um, usually the same pair. But, you know, what does tiny tip... Right now myself, but anyway. well, exactly. <laughs> Nobody can see below the table, right? It's um, What does Tiny Tim think over there? He says, tap, 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 t
a masterpiece for sure. It just drips a sort of delicate beauty that feels like it could erupt to some truly nightmarish at any moment. I'll leave the lyrics to Ezra and Brendan, but they are some of the best for sure. Really evocative. Yeah, Max uh, over there and Michael Lee will be chipping in. Nothing from Leon this week. Actually, he's probably on holiday. But Max said, Iceland, the part of the hex and where the hex itself is cast. The album should have ended there. I think he's 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 got a point. I think it is a. It wouldn't a have been enough with that Brendan, though, would it? Could have could have stretched that last bit for another twenty minutes. No one would have no one would have minded. Woozy hiss, dictaphony, whistles. It's such a strange vibe that the fall pick up here. And I I do wish they'd done more of this. Um, I don't know if this is is quite right, but weather report, which comes way way later, twenty five years, thirty years later, um. Maybe the closest. I got the feeling that that also could could well have been an improvised kind of uh, jam that worked. There's a bunch of things that clearly were jams that did that weren't worked on very much and didn't work at all. But this is one that is is more like uh, everyone's bringing something, and it's uh, it's a really uh, it's really cool how they kind of play together. And at some point, I think someone tries to change the the either the key of the song or push it into a different part and nobody goes for it. So it's just one, per- it's probably Mez banging on a detuned guitar, but there's noises coming in. Then someone's looking like, shall we change now? And everyone's just got their head down and just plowing for it. I think I said exactly the same thing in round one as well, but okay, I'm mad, is it? Um, but about, uh, that's it. Everyone said something, right? So that means we've got to move on to the next song, whatever that is. Why is the song, Pip? I shall change. Do you know what I'm going to play you? Yeah? Autotech Pilot, B-side to Mr. Pharmacist, 1986. Remastered. nice good good alistair also tech pilot it's got quite a vibe hasn't it what do you think of this yeah it's very sort of soundtracky sounding it's got like you know nice repetitive sort of piano and scrapey noisy stuff on the guitar which uh you know reminds me a little bit of the sort of shit that sonic youth nick from the fall loads um and there's like the odd kind of like synthy sounds in the background as well so it's like a nice little collage building up with this one and then it starts speeding up when the vocals start which gets a, you know a bit of a dramatic edge to it uh, and you know some nice drumming on there as well. Um, elements of, of like I don't know maybe can uh, with it with a space in it. Uh, and I also scribbled down birthday party for some reason. Um, can't remember why. But you know uh, it's it's a good one in it, Brendan. For a B side for a single, as the fall did very often, they hid away some cracking little gems there. Um, 
maybe to shift units, but you know, uh, you've got some great songs though that were kind of like not heard as much, not given as much exposure as maybe they deserved. And this, oh, this is yeah, them, yeah. I think. Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, birthday party in terms of that, that, that kind of spacious mood they get, especially in the first half, it takes a good chunk of time to get going, and then it does that really interesting thing where it moves into like almost double. Double time once the drums the drums come in fast. What about Chris mm. Mara? Does does he like this song? I, I do. Yes, it's quite um, it's quite surprised by the the structure to this one. Really, you just have the first kind of minute and a half of quite a pedestrian bass line, which kind of kind of borders on on getting a bit boring, really. But then um, when Mark gets involved, it kind of doubles in speed, and it just becomes all fantastic. It becomes great from that point, and it can just kind of crams these kind of three or four parts into into quite a short space of time, maybe a couple of minutes, and then just kind of returns back to original speed and kind of get you get the original bass line back. So I kind of kind of mixed thoughts really because I think the kind of middle section kind of could have been fleshed out into into kind of better pieces really. But then but then in another way I kind of quite like the kind of odd odd structure to it all. Yeah and those nice uh... That start, the, it's the bleeps and the blurps that keep it interesting for me, but and the space in the bass line. But yeah, I'm just waiting for Smith to come in and for it to kick off. Yeah. But uh, it's nice. Ian, what, uh, what do you make of this track? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Alec, uh, Alistair said there uh, hints of a birthday party. Yeah, I've got a little bit of Nick Cave in there, I think, with that piano. Yeah, the hell of a bad stuff. So yeah, that was great. And um, yeah, I mean, when have you ever heard a song where it speeds up at the beginning? Almost, it's, that's something that we've heard so often at the end of a song. It speeds up at the end and then all might send on the song ends. But for that idea to keep that, that surprise, to bring spring that on so early in the song, I thought it was interesting with that one, you know, as soon as Mark comes in, leads up. So the fall just never before that. For me as a newbie, uh, it's fantastic, you know, to hear you guys are used to it now. But uh, so yeah, yeah, I certainly liked it. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it's a very nice tune, and it's got a lot of the 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 noises that that we liked in Iceland that augment the basic structure of the track. There's a lot of that going on in this too. I think uh, probably the reason why these two chaps, Alistair and Phil, got into it earlier is because there's actually a lot of crossover in in these two songs um, in the mood they create, but I think they do it in quite different ways. And so, what what about this one for you? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a fucking cracker. Um, it's one of those ones which is really nice in the music, perfectly follows the uh, uh, the arc of plane lifting off and crashing, which is kind of maybe some part of what the song's about. Um, like you, I love the kind of synthy S&H stuff at the beginning. Um, I really like that there's a kind of a sharp edit. You know, it starts off very atypical for a fall song i think um only typical in its atypicality um and then yeah halfway through there's like a sharp edit and i'm sure it was a tape edit rather than the bundle suddenly jumping onto something else uh and it goes into something much more expected of the fall um and you know all the better for it and of course the message behind the song garbage in garbage out it's about time we fucking left this computer business alone. It's more more fucking grist for the precog mill, isn't it? I mean, like we're currently fucking shafting ourselves up our own assholes with fucking AIs and fucking hair implanted fucking baboon fucking wank turds. 
right now <laughs> and the world is burning. So yeah, you know, I'm all in favor of it, whatever it is, but just stop it. And that's just reminding actually, we've got a sponsor for tonight's episode. Elon Musk, he's the best man in the world and he owns everything. So buy his products and uh, get some of that AI up your arse. Um, who's next? Uh, Phil Rigby, what do you think of auto chip tech pilots? Well, I, I really love this tune. I think it's, uh, <clears throat> I saw you throw me a little bit there with, uh, with it's, uh, I, I, do you know what? I totally agree with you, Ezra. I'm 100% behind you, man. I think it's, uh, you're absolutely on the money there. And then, get out. I, 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 I've, um, Comparing this to the Van Morris uh, tune that we love, know so well. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's a good few years, a good good few years before that, um, and he is absolutely on the money. I, I this tune for me is like a jazz thing. It's structured like a jazz piece. Uh, it's or, or or almost like um like a classical exercise where you would be, you know, here is a very simple bass line, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try some things to uh, to make it more interesting as you go out. And it, I, I think it works really really well. I, I think for a for something that does have that jam feel, it they pull it off. You're defending Get a life Is it that empty and sad Or are you after something You can't have You kiss the girls and run away I was just unrelated I heard that song the other day And I thought it was brilliant um, <laughs> Yeah Why are you did on he just say, Did he just say you kiss the girls and run away And made them run away Hashtag I'm not sure, so let's check. Now you won't come out the play. Why you want Facebook? Why you want Facebook? Why you want Facebook? Why you want Facebook? Why? I think we should. It's I think we should take down of incel society. Listen, let's let's ditch this false shit and get onto the Van Morrison pod as quickly as we can. <laughs> we all know what's winning that one, don't we? Right, Phil, what do you think about this song? Stop mocking about. What? Oh, you told us, right? You, you like told, it? I told them. Brilliant. Well, don't mind, but we're only on the second song, and he's he's, he's getting it mixed up already. I've literally just queued you up for it. What does Tim think? <laughs> the ectoplasm in everywhere, or something. <laughs> Some lazy ghosts. <laughs> Some lazy ghosts. I love the bubbly synths at the beginning and the slow cluttering attempt to get going. I'm trying to rouse yourself from a hungover stupor. The whole arrangement is great and I love the way it's pieced together, but it unfortunately does really miss the mark when it feels like it's supposed to lock in like a good great. He, he only started off with the short one and now he's put one fucking piece. It unfortunately does really miss the mark when it feels like it's supposed to lock in like in the isn't going to land bit. If they'd really use those moments as a point of climax in the introduction, this would be equal to Iceland, in my opinion, Alistair. He's actually put Alistair there as well. <laughs> punch, where punch is needed, relegates it for me. It's still an absolute classic, and I mourn its passing. Decent B-side, he's called it, hasn't he? Meanwhile, I've been broken in twice, and I had a maniac at the door swearing at 12 or 5 a.m., and I really think this computer thing is getting out of it. But, um, yes. Doo-doo, doo-doo. He can't get out yet once it's started, hasn't it? It's brilliant, brilliant. Um, anyway, Phil, yeah. in a few weeks, you're doing something mm. REIT special, aren't you? 
And the 23rd of September, the year of our 2023 Saturday in Presswich with Alice yes. and my brother. Indeed. And a special guest, special hopefully. Tell us about uh, it. We sell are it, going to it. be resurrecting the legendary, infamous player, Hey Luciani, as originally performed by the band, and Murky Smith and lots of others, like uh, Clark and stuff. And uh, we have, we we will, she'll be doing a, a reading of the play for... Uh, uh, for, for all those who are interested to come and be entertained by us in, uh, in bringing it back to life for one night only at this moment in time. Um, so yeah, and we're, uh, we're very excited about doing it. Brilliant. Yeah. Should be a lot of fun. So tickets will, I think will be on sale soon or probably even by the time you hear this. So we shall see. Is that everyone? Last track already. Oh. What I didn't say was where do you think autopilot fell? Oh. Yeah, I'll leave this up into the room. I, I don't think that's going to go very far. Maybe it's a recent one as well, isn't it? Uh, five or ten rounds, maybe, something like that. Was it out of 30, in? Yeah, 30 rounds before you got to the last 30. So, yeah, 30 rounds. He won't have got past the first 10, I don't know. Well, better than you think, um, Valve. Round 22, Faller, which oh, kind of puts it at top 180 song. So, it's made it well beyond halfway. Yeah, so. My faith is restored in the mighty Fall Collective. Yeah. That's nice. What I liked about the way you did the, um, you organized it, Ian, is that you so, I noticed that when you had four songs in the early groups, uh, two of them or three of them would automatically go through and then one or two would go into like a, a second chance within each round. So I think that, that, um, I guess that gave more songs a little bit of a chance to get through that, that weren't as well known. It does. It does. It gives that kind of, so like every second round, you're absolutely right, is in an elimination round. So yeah, I've got a group of four. So supposing you had 400 songs left, so nice and easy. That's uh, so four, yeah. The yeah. top three would skip that elimination round and go on safely in the next one. You'd have your bottom songs, they all battle against each other. And sometimes the same songs would just scrape through again and keep going. And then some people were saying, how the hell is this one surviving? You know, who's voting for this? So um, that seemed quite a good running theme. But yeah, I like to kind of prolong it. I don't like to have a massive cull to get the poll ending. The, the whole point is for me to listen to the band for, you know, a good four or five weeks. And I'm going to say that I still feel the fall is, is finishing a bit too early for me. I had a bit of a joke, actually. The way the final's running, it's very close. If it ends in a tie, I'll do the whole the whole poll again. All 520 songs nice. go back. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I just had a check. Yeah, it is it's, it's looking pretty close. He's as daft as us, isn't he? Yeah, it's mad. Well, somebody said that early on, I said, Ian, you, once you get hooked, all get hooked and that's exactly what's happened you know yeah so i'm preaching to the converted of course but <laughs> yeah it just this is just if you keep digging and listening back to albums then there'll be tracks you've missed and things that the third or fourth time you get i mean it's like that with a lot of bands but the fall seems to be really adept to that and you listen to a mid-period album and you know we did that here we thought like the mid-period was shit like there's five albums in a row that were awful but the more we listened to them we're like actually half of that record's pretty good and um yeah the running theme is you know what i would try and listen to the album um in order i don't always do that yeah but yeah i was noticing there was a period people were commenting because i'd post what i was listening to you know now playing you know keen in this album whatever so it was i think it's probably out of the 120 polls that i've done it's probably this is the biggest in terms of interaction with fans which i really enjoy it's not nice. just it's, it's about people commenting on songs mr pharmacist everyone hating that you know and wanting that <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of good running themes with it but the, the amount of comments and interaction this one great That's yeah really good nice. well i think auto tech pilot was off the Mr. Pharmacist EP, was it? 
true. Yeah, yeah, it was the B side uh, to Mr. Pharmacist. So, um, and, and obviously, way, way better to a, to a true <laughs> fall. But um, has everyone had a had a yeah. at this one now? Oh, yeah. right, let's let's take a vote then. All right. So, from our um, our people over there on on the Patreon, Max and Michael. So, Michael has gone for Autotech Pilot, while Max has, um, although he likes Autotech, he has become humbled in Iceland. So it's one one. Um, which way are you going, Pip? Well, as much as I want to go for Autotech Pilot, I will have to say that Iceland is the better here. Yeah, it, it is. If you're just looking objectively, which one's going to go through? And there's so much more to talk about. We didn't even scratch it. Ezra talked for about an hour and a half, and he didn't even scratch the surface of, <laughs> of Iceland. <laughs> and it was all gold. It was gems, coast to coast. Brilliant. Uh, Ezra, which way are you going? I'm casting the runes against my own soiled nun underpants protected shorts all right brilliant fantastic uh, ian which way iceland or autotech yeah, iceland yeah just just i think so kind of decided that during this so yeah nice. iceland for me good good um alistair you're a controversial chap which way are you going Am I? Uh, <laughs> iceland please mr brendan accepted um Chris Barrow, Wigan. Uh, Iceland, please. Brilliant. So polite, you, you boys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about uh, Tim? Who oh, already you know he's in Iceland. He's Iceland yeah, till he dies, isn't Iceland. he? Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not going to throw my dummy out and go for Autotech, even though I like it a lot. It, it it can't hold a candle to Iceland. So Iceland easily goes through. Now another. A uh, fun showdown of reprise, colon Jane, tag, hashtag, dash, prof, make bastardo. Because he has to put up with right. everybody. He doesn't like Ed. Ed is a bit. Ed is a woman. Has anyone seen that interview uh, on Channel 4 with Krishna Guru <laughs> Murphy? Why, why? Why is why I asked? Anyway, uh, is it still racism if you don't know what race is mocking is the question. Um, Alistair, <laughs> what, uh, what do you think of this song? It's, it's an amusing little mashup, isn't it? Like, um, it sounds like they've just been pissing around in the studio. Um, I think you're right, Al. I think you're right. I think we yeah. are. Slap a few bits together, like, and then started taking the piss out of the drummer. Uh, but yeah, I can't get over the, uh, the the tequila drum beat in it for, for me. You expect him to, to all stop at one point and shout tequila. Uh, but in this case, they'd probably shout bastardo. Um, but yeah, I think it sits all right. It's a nice, nice little bit of uh, of non fluff fluff. As a drummer yourself, what's the worst thing the band's ever done to you? I'm a drummer. <laughs> well, we didn't want to tell so, you. I, 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 I don't really have any. Um, I, I don't. I don't uh, well, my favorite. Doesn't know what to say. So I, no, my favorite. My favorite stuff with a fall with it with the drums is always like the stuff with two drummers. Yeah. With yeah. Best grind card drummer in Wigan. You are, lad. Uh, not. Anyway, anyway, so the music, the backing music is basically them rehearsing Gotta See Jane, the, uh, the pretty bad cover. 
that they do earlier in the album and so he felt he had <laughs> nine or ten minutes to fill at the end of the record so he put himself um yeah mocking the drummer over over the rehearsals of god of see jane but uh it's fun chris barrow of wigan what do you think of this yeah well this this whole period it would be uh my least favorite of the fall it's just that the worst thing is the way this album's recorded it's just so so muddy isn't it I don't think any any kind of material on this can can kind of thrive with that sound. This, like you say, it's um, it's just a bit of improvised around. Got to see Jane, basically, isn't it? Um, overlong, bland. Uh, lyrics are just kind of mucking about, ribbing other band members with some, uh, I guess, Hispanic cultural appropriation going on. Uh, Got to see Jane's a decent song, but um, done much better. Kind of four four songs, four songs ago on the album. Uh, it just shouldn't have been anywhere near an album track. It just shows how kind of um, devoid they were of decent material at this point, I think. Harsh words, Chris, harsh words. Yes. But, you know, that's what they there needed to hear in 2003. You're 20 years too late, mate. Um, if just out of interest, if you had to write another verse for this, what could you do? Could you improvise one off the cuff, maybe? Uh, I don't think I could now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ian, what do you make of this to, nonsense? No. Sorry, Chris, I'm, I'm being <laughs> silly, aren't I? Ian, what do you what do you make to this nonsense? Uh, it's a strange one, a mistake. Um, I think for, I, I do like the hi hat. I mean, I don't. I'm not a drummer. I'm not a musician, but. Um, one thing um, the hi-hats uh, come back to the police I mentioned about Stuart Cope was famous for having huge arguments I think was thing about overuse of the hi-hat so this is certainly a overuse of the hi-hat which I like it does take me back to the police but um, I do like I, I, do, I like the bastardo I think years ago listen to this song popped up in the fast show as well you know with the pile of fish the weather yeah. <laughs> yeah, Scott bastardo comes up in one of their fake soap operas so when I heard bastardo I thought and he uses it a lot. Um, but um, so, before I forget, where do you think this song fell? 30. It was not one of the seats. Don't be surprised. Where do you think this fell? The 30. That's right. Have a guess. That's right. Sure. It was first, oh, first, I thought you said yes, right. Very close. It was round four. Round four. Oh. By my <laughs> rec. What's him for that? Puts it into the top 480 of all songs. Uh, so, it, but it actually, I mean, it, most people don't know it, and the ones who do, I can't imagine they voted it through. So it's just a lot of people who just thought the word bastardo was funny, I imagine. Pure L people like so me. So, of the six songs, it's the one that has uh, failed to set the Twitter. Ah, there's, um, there's a connection between The Fall and Miles Copeland, but I'm, I can't remember what it is right now. I know it, it, Miles Copeland ran an IRS. <laughs> yeah, so Robert was uh, running the record label, right? That's mm-hmm. right. There. Is it Paul's or Steve's book? Sorry. And right. I mentioned that just now, and I was quite surprised to see that because Miles Copeland responds to these absolute yeah. resistance to the lot, but Miles Copeland, so I was surprised to see that name pop up in a fall book. There you are. It's it, he ran IRS Records, which were, I guess, REM were the were their biggest band at one one point, and I, I think they might have released some of the early fall stuff in the states. So there was something, maybe something else. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a, a wild world out there. But the, as for this garbage ezra can you defend it i can't defend you lot fucking voting this turd through how the fuck did that happen i'll tell you, was I'll it tell you. Fall of love or another really good cover version that they did it was it was it was we when you were was, you fucking fanatics it was a week when you when you weren't here and um we knew you liked the songs so we uh we voted we voted, we voted for you and you got five votes for this in 45 exactly. seconds <laughs> oh, yeah. it's awesome. ah. it up it against, 
what what went through over this. I'll, I'll have a look in a minute. Edge of Chang. Yeah. Oh yeah. god. Is there any? I mean, what, any... what failed against? Anyway, Anything? this is like. Go on. It, it's a failed attempt at a piss around track like the piss around track at the end of code selfish which is spectacularly awful is better than this one um <laughs> like it's just terrible with that mannered kind of like cut out of the sound which you know oh oh maybe my stereo is broken or oh, maybe the cd's skipping oh yeah we'll just put a bit of silence in there to fuck with their heads when they're really stoned and they're listening to this. giving them way too much credit as clearly there was just, just a gap on the, tape. the speakers you just want to reach through the speakers and grab marky e. smith by his fucking lapels and say how old are you how old are you? Come on. How old are you? Putting this on a fucking record. How old are you? Anyway, yeah, that that's all I have to say. But it was up against Northwest Fashion Show, which was um, which is equally bad, right? But but maybe oh. marginally. No, it's not. Oh, as I remember this. It was the Northwest Fashion episode. Show is much better. It was a terrible episode where all the songs were rubbish. It's the only yeah. episode we've done where every single song was naff. Nah, nah. I don't think English Scheme versus Bug Day. I'd, you're thinking of a different one. You're thinking of about 25 others, but this, that one wasn't. <laughs> anyway, where are we getting all lost here? So, um, what does let's let's let Tim unleash the rage of uh, his thoughts on this? All these. He's been a bit, probably been a bit poetical about this. A shit joke that wasn't funny the first time. Very good. Nailed it, hasn't he? Um, that it up, it, yeah, and it is up against... Um, See, again, doesn't care what I think about this song at all. Phil, what do you reckon? What do you I don't even know why I bother turning up these days. I don't, I don't know, Otherwise, I'd have you... to play the songs myself, wouldn't I? Do you know what? As well, right at the start of this season, he goes, he, he says to everybody, "Don't, don't be saying every time because we've done all these songs now with one round. Don't be I saying, I said this. I, I said last time, I said this. And I'm just, I repeated it. I'm just, I just, it'll get dead annoying. Don't say it. And so I, I made sure that I was like chief whip and telling everybody in the UK right don't be saying first round of every bloody episode Bren has been said and I think in the first episode I did this and uh, blah 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 every single one every single episode why are you on Facebook why are you on Facebook why are you on your band mate that's a yellow card but, um What's next? What's the next song? Oh, it's the best fall song ever, according to some random chart on Facebook last week. Um, everyone who likes you only like this song if you love Jules Holland. All right, play that one. Is it called Blind? Blind Man? Let's have a listen. Is evil. 
right. Two vote two down of five, and it's a it's a good song. Everyone loves it. That's it. That's the end. What's um who's first? Chris Barry, you're first. Why do you love yeah. this this mainstream? Yeah, it just um yeah. it's one of those um it's just obviously about the baseline, isn't it? It's just one of those things that just sounds awesome. That's that's you can't um you can't kind of uh you know say much more really. It just sounds awesome, and the um. I think the the rest of the band kind of wisely pulled off, don't they? They kind of let they kind of just set set it set the bass up a centre stage, come and go kind of subtly, but uh, the bass just uh, just just sees it through to uh, become an absolute classic. Obviously, kind of uh, all come in at the end and kind of climaxes, but um, just just super duper stuff. Um, apparently, it's about uh, David Blunkett. Apparently, apparently, the animated ball. It gets into it, doesn't it? Danny and Co over there on the Antenna Fall. There's pages and pages on the the Masonic implications of this. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's going out this round, so we better say whatever uh, we want to about this. <laughs> You've printed out all thirty three pages of speculation. <laughs> speculation on exactly what angle was the leg end held at? But Ezra, oh, no, no, no one ever seems to spot the uh, the lyrics from Chicago now. Hey, you know what, Chris? I did, was supposed to mention it. But halfway through this song, he quotes a different fall song. Can you guess which one it is? Oh, go on. No. It's um, Chicago Now. Yeah. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. Everyone knows that, Chris. Oh, right, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever says it, though, do they? No, no they think it, though. <laughs> no, yes, it's, they we're, think. we're all thinking it. <laughs> Ezra, what do you think of this song, Blindness? Well, Brendan, your lack of love for this song is helped to convince me that it absolutely must be the best thing the fall ever did ever mm. in their entire career and i didn't actually need that much convincing because i think it's fucking mega mega good very mega good um yeah it, it's just what i fucking want from a rock song which is a nice fucking repetitive hard heavy bassy groove with some really nice dynamic interplay and a great vocal performance on the top of it um and the lyrics are just such a fucking treat. I mean, you know, there there is about four, not including the uh, live versions, there's about four or five different versions of this song. Earlier today, I was interested and amused and somewhat astonished to find out the US version of False Heads Roll um, has a totally different version of the song. And of course, you've got the Peel Session version. And I think from the perspective of the lyrics, it's a perfect example of Marky e. Smith in his late style because he just nails everything that he does really, really well, not only in terms of lyrics, but also in terms of like his delivery of the lyrics. Um and it's, you know, it's got the fucking political, the personal, the cultural, the poetic, the mystical, and the historical are all kind of fucking in there. And he's zooming in and out on different things. And it's interesting on the annotated fall, like how far they dig into this. I was almost going to quote something off there, but maybe I'll not. But, you know, you you, you got to ask yourself, like, was he conscious of all these references or were they just coming out of him? You know, like, I guess if you've read enough books on the occult, history and science fiction and done enough speed and acid and whiskey you might not need to know exactly what you're writing it might not even be possible to know exactly what you're writing but all the connections are there it, it's like a hyper object of a song um and 
yeah, I just wrote down these lyrics. I'm not sure why, but I'll read them. I was only on one leg. The road hadn't been fixed. I had to be in for half six. My blue eyelids were not active. There was a curfew at half nine for my kids. So actually, yeah, like it all seems to be about misplaced power. You know, like the road's not been fixed, but me and my kids have both got different curfews uh, that have been handed down from a blind man. Like, and and the whole song is just full of gems like that. Like, I, I think it's such a fucking neat, fucking perfect tune. Yeah, it's great. I like it. I, I love the song. I don't know. I just, uh, it's just easy to wind people up because everybody thinks this is a great tune, um, but they're not wrong. Ian, what do you make of uh, Blind Man? Yeah, it's um, first listen straight away. Just loved it, you know, and it's such a simple bass line, isn't it? And um, could this be the most easily accessible fall song for anyone listening to them? It could be surprised if you think, oh, I'm going to get an album by them and all 12 different versions of this. It'll be great. And they're in for a big shot. So, but, uh, yeah, loved it the first time. Definitely playing this many, many times of a Tom Baker, Doctor Who um, theme, hasn't it? But, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just, and I've, I only recently watched, was it Jules Holland it was on, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I did a YouTube 32 playlist, and I think I chose that one just for to look at something when they're listening to the YouTube playlist. So, yeah, yeah, I love it. And, uh, yeah, as ever, you guess how far it got. In the, oh, the what do you reckon, Chris? Got a bit high one, isn't it? Top 10? Almost. It was a last 60 follower, yeah. so it didn't quit the last eight, but, yeah, it lasts it quite easily. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember who. I think it was Demo Suzuki, I think, it lost to. Mm, yeah, yeah, easily a top six. Yeah, and, and and I imagine a lot. I think I said when when you posted the top 30, 32, I, I, it was a great list, but I was disappointed that there was almost nothing after two thousand. I think blindness yeah. might be the last one on there, but there was uh, there's a host of great tracks afterwards. But I think you're right. Somebody who's listening to this for the you, we always talk about making like a a, a fall tape for people who were kind of new to it, and I think starting with something. like like this, um, along with obviously the big ones, Totally Wired and, and, and things like that. But it's interesting you say uh, Tom Baker, Doctor Who, because they're they've already the lads in the band copped to basing this off uh, witness the fitness by roots maneuver which itself was based uh, had a lot of stuff from the doctor who theme i'm going to play a bit of uh, witness the fitness again mostly because the video is so funny but also the song is absolutely amazing so let's have a listen The bionic zit splitter Break next beads, we drown ten pints of bitter We lean all day and some say they ain't productive Could that depend upon the demon that you're stuck with? Cause we're rising way Ain't nothing else I know Got no that net growth See the beast lights Life rolls and now we only have bites We in collision with the beast Lost to religion, now we can't get no peace Idiot, we can't want to take high for chief Stoop to the level and we're plotting cold weed But we should it's just brilliant. He goes back to his old primary school and, and wins all the races as, as revenge. Um, 
Fantastic, but yeah, we digress. Alistair, what do you make of uh, blindness? Yeah, you beat me to the roots manoeuvre a bit because I was going to say, oh, it's a big lift in it, like, but it's, it's a good riff. Like, um, love the bear sound on it. That's really nasty. Like, you know, it reminds me a bit of sort of, uh, you know, something shellacky, kind of uh, Jesus lizardy type, noisy. Albini fucked up sound, like you know, uh, and I quite like that. They like this little skippy bit with the drums, like uh, where it's like you've got a bit of a lilt to it, uh, which is again that's really been sort of very faithful to the Roots Maneuver version. Uh, but it's a little bit faster than Roots Maneuver, um, and you know what? There's net up with a bit of recycling, is there? It's uh, it's acceptable. Says the man who writes cover versions. Yeah, that's that's a cover version. That's just stealing. <laughs> exactly. This is this is just borrowing. It's reimagining, Phil. It's reimagining homage <laughs> hey what do you reckon to this gem i think there's lots of stuff to like like everyone's been saying it's it's really accessible isn't it as a tune it, it 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 would do well with that sort of never heard the fall before i think for me it's just i really like what mez is doing on it but the what the band is doing whilst it it, it starts off well it's it's not got enough oomph really to keep me interested it's it's a little bit too tidy a little bit too jules holland around the edges um to kind of keep me gripped certainly for the for the length of the song i think mez is is great on it though i think performance is great and his his writing's fantastic it's just these sort of later albums where he opted for a much simpler rock sound didn't he uh rather than perhaps the intricacies of the first couple of tunes that we've been listening to um which is is more to my taste really an aesthetic but uh but yeah i mean what's not to like it's it's a classic update like you could absolutely you know take you could imagine this being played by the first the first classic lineup during something like perverted by language but but being very very different taking that same bass line and you know what it it triggered me to go and have a look at did you know kasabian is still going Oh God! They got rid of the singer, right? Because he was—he uh, wasn't a very nice chap. But the, yeah, but that was the good. first thought that I had was that this really sounds very stadium-like in a Kasabian kind of way. And you know, I always have a soft spot for them, but there's proper generic, like just like a a a, a, a butty that's just two slices yeah. of white bread. It's like slice of white bread between third slice between. But I have a soft spot for them. But yeah, you know, you, I know you say. It is is a little bit of a, a generic kind of edge to it that that maybe it's, it's the maybe. kind of stuff Joe Valley would gush about gushing yeah. all over, it, isn't it? But you know, radio what, one like, friendly, yeah, fucking bunch of elitists. You lot, I think it's brilliant. Um, Max reckons <laughs> blindness, a bass riff which sounds like it might roll over you and leave you as a lumpy puddle on the road. Gunga dung. List this, Phil. You'll like this. As Brendan commented in round one. The opening line, I was walking down the street, is really shit. That's brilliant. Now, other people are quoting, <laughs> making me say, what, what have we done? What have we done? <laughs> uh, he also said earlier that uh, Prof oh, Mick, exactly, Prof Mick is a very silly mucking about, and I don't think it's going any further. He's called it. Let's um, let's see what Tim thinks, and then let's take a vote. Or maybe he's already told. Right, so for blindness, he's put another classic. Loves this. Yeah. That bass line is superb. Lovely, lovely evocative story to lat style. Great driving and grooving beat. Fantastic guitar interjection, showing a lot of restraint. It's top tier false sound and was one of my live favourites. Peel version is fantastic too. Mm. 
It is indeed. I mean, we say late period, it was 2005, and they went on for two, another 12 years after that. So it was, you know, wasn't right at the end. They had a good good run after that. This is pre-Greenway. Anyway, I'm going for Prof Mick reprise, and I think you are as well, Phil. So that's that's made a good start. <laughs> All right. Um, we, let's just call this. Everyone's voting for... Put your hand up if you're not voting for blindness. All right. The eyes have it. Uh, Ezra, you want to... Come on. <laughs> you want me to do what? I'd like you to vote for reprise, Prof Mick, and then persuade Phil to do the same. Casting. No, can do. Oh, well. Blindness wins it by a mile. And we come down to the last showdown of the evening with his birthday song off the Marshall Suite, which was, was what, 1999? And uh, Couples versus Jobless Mid-30s off uh, New Facts Emerge right there at the end in 2017. Have a listen to birth. <clears throat> Brian Eno just called and said he wants his presets back. Um, <laughs> Phil, as I've been yeah. neglecting you for a while, what do you think of this? I really, really like it. It's, um, I, I love everything from the Vangelis kind of music going on in the background to his <laughs> really thoughtful meditation going on. It's it, yeah, You can't help but feel that he's, um, he's talking about... Um, you know, what happens maybe like when and after you die kind of thing and he's reaching through and all that, that sort of the the room on the other side. And it was, again, a very sort of ghostly theme to be talking about, um, just like we started off on. But in this one, it, it feels much more like this, this meditation as he's like, as everybody gets older and, and your own mortality becomes something that you uh, you have to explore, this is how he does it. And he does it in other songs as well, doesn't he? But in this one, I think it's there's just something very human about it all. It, it feels, and it, I love that line. I think I said in the first round about uh, how uh, <laughs> I'm pointing to it now. That that line is so sort of mundane, but I think it works really well as as a as a line of poetry in this. That um yeah, this is it's great. It's probably my favourite song of the album. It's a very nice track and Julia Adamson who you know, essentially oh, made the girl. whole track. Yeah, Julia Adamson made this whole thing. And she tells the story that she made an instrumental called Birthday Song for her sister. And then she, Mark always liked it. And later she asked him to write a love poem. So it's kind of like nudged him and pushed him to do this. And eventually he came back and, and wrote something quite honest. Um, there's very few points where you think, and he probably would say I'm in character or whatever, but there's an honesty to it that isn't, evident in a lot of his songs and it reminds me of right at the end that when he couldn't make those last few gigs and he was really sick and he wrote a very poignant and uncharacteristic message to the fans um it, it has that kind of um kind of feeling to it very honest yeah, totally, yeah. soppy you know you know de definitely very soppy some cliches in there but as always he's twisting them around and he's playing with them um yeah, I'm a sucker for all this stuff. Alistair, what do you 
make of all this? Well, I will agree with what uh, Landfill Rigby was saying about the sort of ambience of it. It's, it's really quite nice. Um, there's not much that I can kind of stag off about it. Um, I think that if I was going to be critical, I'm not that keen on the uh, the percussion uh, and the sound of the you know, like the snare hand clappy thing in it. Uh, could have been a little bit better, but there's, there's presets, very little presets, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it's it's very reflective sounding, and it, yeah, like I said, it's not very often you hear Smith sounding like he's been genuinely affectionate in a song, um, and that does come across quite well. Um, yeah, it's, it's a dead ambient, dead sleepy mixtape kind of stuff. Get your yeah. cup of all it, put your sleepy mixtape on. It's nice, the it? Indeed, it is indeed, and um, it's um, it's a it's a very sweet tune. You know, I just wanted to check check with you. We didn't talk too much about time and stuff. Are you all right for another fifteen twenty? Or if, if... Absolutely, yeah. I was in the kitchen there, and um, Mrs. Crawford, the lady, did some tea. So I thought I'd take nice. Just checking because yeah. we, we always, I always try, like check. we never know how long these will go, but we've probably got another twenty or so. But um... yeah, no, it's good. No, I'm absolutely loving it. I really, really enjoying it. It's, uh, I listen to a few, as I say, but just see everyone interact it's, i think it's doing all right i think if we can thin out some of the ranks and maybe cut some of the chaff out and maybe get rid of a couple of these lads we'll, we'll probably be our top tier but you know it's early early days um what do you reckon to this song birthday song yeah i love it uh, i think it might have been one of the ones that kind of went under the radar for me maybe haven't played it quite a lot so when you sent me the, the sixth track i thought oh yeah i remember this one yeah really enjoy it just kind of ambled along really really nice so um uh, again where do you think this landed where do you think it fell Ooh. the rounds of 30 Bill, where do you reckon this went i'd like to think it got through quite far it's uh it's quite it's it's a late-ish album isn't it but it's quite a well-known one it was kind of one of the big sort of splash comeback kind of albums wasn't it um let's let's Halfway, 15 maybe? Not really, no. It was round six. It was quite an early fall. It must have come up against competition. Yeah. It, it's not My that well-known of a song, yeah. And the, the album, um, it, it's a bit divisive. Yeah. Screamed mm. in the top 430. <laughs> so Ooh. it's not who it was up against but yeah it might have had some tough tough competition yeah. but yeah it deserves to be higher yeah I've seen that it's a sweet little tune and it has a lot of in terms of the lyrics it has a lot of connections to that um, the, the poem that you often hear at funerals about you know uh, I think it's called death is nothing at all you know I'm just in the next room is the kind of um, big theme of that kind of poem I've just slipped away I'm, I'm just around the corner that kind of um that kind of same message that the the veil between the kind of realms is is a thin one i think is what he's getting at and the music perfectly suits it it's beautiful chris barrow of wigan you're a you're a sucker for this kind of smaltz aren't you i am i am nice yeah it is uh it's lovely stuff this isn't it some very nice um subtle laid electronics going on very kind of ethereal and uh floaty sounding and like you say, I, I noticed that he kind of came along later, didn't he? And and added added his his lyrics, but he absolutely nailed the vibe. I think for for Mark, you know, he really got the vibe right. And it's kind of came across to me as like a like a love song to a uh, departed soul, to a spirit, whatever. Uh, mm. It's very unusual, but um, very nice stuff. Yeah, indeed. Um, what does Tim think of this one? Really lovely stuff. So far above most of the album, it's silly. Musically, it's a bit cheesy, especially the <laughs> reverb swell type synths behind the piano, but I find it really evocative. 
The vocal performance is superb, totally unhurried and probing, as if by flight behold, I am sat in a leafy, windy spiral ablaze. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? Um, Gladstone stopped blade, with, that, isn't it? Yeah, rumbling, trying to like you navigate without pains, and in dreams I stumble towards you. As you evaporate, I'm in the next room. Um, Ezra, what do you, uh, what does this one do for you? Yeah, um, for me, this um, this last showdown is actually the hardest of today's. Like, um, I'm really still not sure what I'm going to do because, yeah, this is this is a lovely song, and you know, listening to it myself, I I thought it it, it brought me to mind of like spiritualism, you know, that age old practice of talking to to corpses, um, to the souls of the dead, relaying messages to loved ones, and. It's interesting because, you know, you would think that this would be something that Smith would rail into, but there's not any sense of that. I mean, in some ways, it's really, you know, like the slightly cheesiness of the music. It, it kind of reinforces the slight cheesiness of spiritualism in general, because most of these ideas, they come from like the kind of Christian spiritual spiritualist movement, if I'm not very much mistaken. And, you know, once as a snidey teenager, I actually went to a spiritualist um, uh, service on a Sunday, and it, it was very interesting. And, you know, like, it's it's a cliche to say there was a lot of energy in the room, but there actually was a lot of energy in the room. And whether that energy was the focused belief of the participants bouncing off the, uh, you know, obviously charismatic leader of the service or the spirits or just aliens fucking with us from another dimension or or a bit of all of that. Who's to say? But there was definitely power in that. And it, it's an interesting kind of power because, again, it's a kind of a working class kind of thing. Um, and so, you know, you get a lot of, I'm not sure if respect is the right word, but you feel the power of it. And you feel the power of that kind of approach to mortality in this song. And I think that's quite beautiful. Might be something in it, Ezra, you never know. But what about <laughs> what about what he's up against, which is couples versus jobless mid-30s? Oh, before we do that, this is what Max had to say. But Michael Lee always puts his voice in, but he often doesn't express his thoughts on the, on the songs. But we, we, we wish he would, Michael. You're welcome anytime, Max. He's not shy in saying he's not familiar with these very much, but birthday song when Mez shows off his sentimental side, it can be strangely moving. But musically, it sounds a bit like off the shelf garage band. Um, fair enough. Couples versus jobless mid 30s. 2017 new facts emerge. Let's have a little, little bit of a listen to this. I have to skip back and forward because it uh, gets, gets, ahead, about a bit. gets out around a bit, doesn't it? Yes. Oh, 
There you go. It's remarkable, isn't it? For a man not long for this world, that uh, who's 40-odd years in and 40-odd albums in, it's uh, remarkable. Um, Ian, what did you make of this uh, couples versus jobless mid-30? There's a hell of a lot going on in this one, isn't there? make of it. I was going to ask you guys, I mean, obviously it's the final album. Was there a feeling when this album released it, probably going to be the final one, or did it mark the time? Uh, it was, um, I think, when the album came out, and we, we all... Our stories all involve us slipping in and out of like uh, how how strongly we're connected to the fall. But I was kind of pretty much back into them at this point, so I think I got the album when it came out, and I was I was really into it. And you, but you hear that his health isn't great, and you can hear there's a lot of stuff about the the way his vocals are, and although he's experimenting and doing a lot of new stuff, a lot of the suggestions are that he was masking the fact that he couldn't, you know, he wasn't very well as well. And um, there's the very last song on this album called Nine Out of Ten, which we, we've covered um, two or three times now in different ways, is is beautiful and poignant and um, and, and kind of met, you you believe once that album is finished that that might be the last one. But then again, you think yeah. he's only 60 you know, at the end of the day. He, he might have a few more albums in him. But uh, yeah, what did the rest of you? Uh, and Anything to add yeah, to that? As, as, as I remember it, like um, there was ongoing speculation about his health probably for most of his career but definitely for like the last maybe six or so years uh give or take there was a lot of speculation or he you know um and the gigs that he did i'm not sure if they were before or after the release of the album you know there was that legendary gig where he basically was or even gigs where he was wheelchair bound like one of them he actually had to go off stage and sing the lyrics from the uh, dressing room. And I think when I saw one of the photos from around that time, I was like, yeah, he's, you know, he's pretty much cactus. Be surprised if he's around for another album. Yeah, that was a little bit so that when the album came out, um, I think he was still, you know, looked fairly active, but not too long after the album. And I can't remember the exact dates. That's when it became pretty apparent, yeah, in terms of having to come on stage in a wheelchair and trying to push through. Um, yeah, it was it was it was it was pretty sad when but when you look at those last few gigs where this is a a, a man who's really uh, really really ill but you listen to his voice and the power and the the passion in the music and um he was always going to go out in a ball of flames wasn't he that was always his plan and he he you know he, he did his best to uh, make sure that happened. yeah yeah that was, that was kind of the opinion that most fall LPs could have been his last one um just because the way that he was a naughty bastard and somebody could have murdered him <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so, so you know what about um, this kind of song? It's essentially pieced together uh, from four or five different kind of tunes, as you can you can kind of tell, and it's got a very basically Bohemian Rhapsody, isn't it? It's basically the Falls Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah, and it's it's definitely got a metal edge to it, if you can call it that. It's definitely got influences of that that side of things. And the lads who were in the band in the last few years, a lot, of the, a couple of them came from like a heavy metal kind of hard rock background. And again, to ask, where do you think this fail the pull? It's hard to say because. Get it? I don't think they'll have gone very far this one, even mm, though I didn't yeah. love it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, it's just been like one of the most sort of inventive songs that they put together, dead theatrical, all over the place. You know, like you were saying that the metalist stuff really sad with him. Then it gets into like some surfy grooves, uh, and I think 
I've mentioned last time. It's just like the, the same like the theatrical element of it really reminded me of um, uh, Diary of a Madman, the uh, Kenneth Williams BBC radio oh, play. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's, there's there's some it, there's something to this song that gives it a really good sort of quality. And even though it's like a, a bit of a collage, a bit of a mashup, it really works as a piece for me. And it's really long, so you get value for money. Nice. And I've just checked. You did say that last time. But it's I did. Right, I, I did. Let you off. Um, uh, Ezra, all right, so Ian, anything, anything else? Or if I get round, round 18, it fell, so that makes it about 250. So it got a half. half okay, <laughs> that, that's, that's probably very right, given that it's it, it's not that well known as a track. But uh, again, it's another one that's worth worth spending a bit of time with. Yeah, um, Ezra, what do you make to this opus? Well, unlike some of us, I'll repeat for the first time tonight what I said in the last round which is this track is a hot prog mess. And I fucking love it for that. Um... <laughs> Indeed. And, and you know, like, it's one of the things that I like about these last few albums in terms of, 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 of Mez's input. I mean, not only the incredible, like, kind of pickled Dalek kind of, like, full-on lava gargling that, that he gets into, which is very, very nice, like a walrus being turned into <laughs> did you stone. Call it a pickle, did you just call his voice pickled Dalek? Yeah, I picked up on that. <laughs> is, yeah, pickled Dalek. Um, that is excellent. Also, the lyrics, they, they go from the kind of, like, you know, late-period excellence of blindness <laughs> into just, total fucky bum boo boo uh but it, like you you there's just no and and you know i like both actually very much but there's no head nor tail to be made of this i'll just read some get red you need more sackings order up his toast his grin is elf advertising and makes 10 copies his blonde mother spouse tortures him in big house says we need more seconds Eagles of Death Metal, His Grin is Elf, AIDS Joke, CD, Antipodean, Upside Down, Percussionist Rests, Grin is Elf, Percussionist, Wretched, She Yells at Every Morn, Get a Job, Dreaming, The Dream, Gargoyles and Drummers, Awkwardly, Descend to Great Terror, Get a Job. Everybody knows. That's, that's fucking, that's dead smashing. I've it got is. no idea what he's getting at. <laughs> See, that's the kind of thing that Tim dismisses, right, as word salad or the uh, the addled brain of an old fart. But it's just beautiful. So what do you well, think of this? those things could be true, but I think that there's also just a lot of joy in that. Beautiful joy. What, but what of what of Pip? What does he think? Um, it's good value, isn't it? There's a lot going on with it. You get uh, you get you get good portions. <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 I distracted there, Phil, in the middle of your sentence. What were you saying it's again? The fight back. Uh, I was just saying this. It's it's full of opera. This it's it's full of lots of stuff going on. Um, I, none of which I understand, but it's it's a fun ride. Uh, 
I must admit, though, after a couple of times through, I was I was looking forward to listening to something else. Yeah, it was really interesting when Sean was on last week, who's a bit of a naysayer with the fall, right? And so he's listening, mm-hmm. you listen with fresh ears, and you're thinking like, "Oh, this is brilliant." And then you listen with your non-fall ears, and it's like it might be just five fairly average metal riffs kind of stuck together with someone blathering over the top of it. I'm not, I can't tell at this point. I'm too deep <laughs> in. I can't tell. I'm too invested <laughs> exactly it's got to be good it's got to be brilliant <laughs> Chris Bauer of Wigan what do you make of uh CVJM 3NF yeah absolutely fantastic this it's, it's just so balmy isn't it I think the uh the closest comparison would be uh 50 year old man extended uh kind of multi-part format but uh this is just far more eccentric we've got the uh doom doom metal sections some psychedelic sections with uh, maniacal laughter, out-of-tune Mellotron. Good uh, kind of late 60s kind of psych vibe to it all. Reminds me of um, Crazy World of Arthur Brown in some parts. But then uh, there's some kind of more kind of typical actual song, almost songs in there, almost two or three songs in there that uh, are really strong material, you know, Um, excellent groovy bits. So uh, it's an absolute winner um, in every department for me. Yeah, it's beautiful. I was going to ask, yeah, but if if people thought any of those would stand up to being tracks themselves, or whether they just kind of did a, a best of the rest kind of thing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, a couple might have done. Yeah, for sure. As um, yeah, you know, I, I think compared to like the other rockers on New Facts Emerge, which for me is not a great album by any stretch. I think the only other song I really like on it is Nine Out of Ten, and maybe Zitrick Man. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, I think the rocking sections stand up against any of the other stuff on the album, possibly even better. Well, I'd say this is what uh, I think they got a lot of freedom at this time. I said probably because Mark wasn't necessarily around. And so the, this is one of the, uh, you know, le- leaving Greenway and Co. to their own devices. This is what they might have come up with an album full of, of dirgy do me riff Edward Smith seemed to go with it and I think it worked really really well um I enjoy it as well there's a couple of tracks I think all leave cancelled and even auto um auto whatever that one's called auto chip pilot auto chip 2014 auto the autopilot one that we did earlier so that's almost done in sections and and, and cut up but not to this extent so i think it's a, a a nice idea of where they might have gone might have gone in the future it's uh it's beautiful and some nice twangy green uh greenware riffage uh right at the end with some beautiful mez double attack yeah i, I think it's uh it's a really strong one and this was a tough choice for me, given how much I like that birthday song. What about Timmy? Did you already tell us? Didn't you? So about this. A Baroque studio cut-up wonder. And the best thing on the album by far for me. It's a wonderful texture-rich journey, deranged prog, burly, doomy, doom rock, soft lad interjections, gurgly, grumbly mess, that wonderful whinnying noise, process guitar. Maybe the last few minutes is a bit too standard southern rock and doesn't quite deliver on the promise of the wonderful sound. Uh, uh, the first six minutes probably a bit churlish to criticize it really and ideally love it southern nice. rock i thought it was more surfy yeah, that. yeah I, I guess that the twangiest stuff from from at the end is 
is is uh, it's definitely not the same kind of metally stuff as the beginning. Maybe it is going more into surfy, uh, twangy. The interest is more beginning, but the end of it's more sort of accessible, and it's uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, is that everyone, Alistair? You said a bit before. Do you anything else you want to add on this? No, I've already chucked my tuppence with him. Aye. All right. So uh, Max said, um, I was expecting this to be two separate parts of a of a track. Um, getting lots of weird points reminds me of a Frank Zappa opera episodic maybe there's a i put one part in here that, that sounded a bit residency which is I, I guess where they had a lot of overlying things and the laughing and, and that kind of stuff reminding me of, of something that but i think that was more just a breakdown in the middle rather than an actual composed part of the song uh, but yeah lots of nice vo- choral stuff going on and, and uh and so many interesting riffs um eagles of yes metal i said <laughs> um Let's have a vote, shall we? So birthday song versus couples versus jobless mid-30s. So, um, Alistair, which way are you going? I'm going to go couples jobless mid-30s. Okie dokie. Chris Barra? Couples jobless. All right. Um, Ian, which way are you going? I think for me, couples might need another 57 lessons or so for it to properly <laughs> think in. But, so I'm going to just birthday song. Indeed. Nice. Uh, Philip? Yeah, it's birthday song for me. It's uh, I've, I, I'm going to go and have a listen to it again when we finish here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. It's on, it's on your marquee soppy list. It certainly is, yeah. Certainly and is. the other one's on Metal East, mate. Oh, yeah. It's the game of two halves, isn't it? What about Chris Barry? I've said. Couples. I think I two votes though. <laughs> you already know that Chris is my favourite member of the team, so I'll give him as know, many votes as I want. Chris, why don't you? Yeah, Chris, why don't you choose one of your records and show us what you got on your shelf? I've bought some this morning. Go on, then show us one of them. Are they on the shelf though? Where'd you buy it from? I went, car- to, uh, I went to a car boot sale this morning. Nice. Well, and what and we I was got? pleased with this one. It's um, diesel it's smoke. Diesel smoke. Dangerous curves. And other truck driving favourites. Nice. Nice. Very good. Has he got any 50 acres to turn this rig around on it? No. no volume no. two. That's volume two. Phil, calm down. He's not, he's not ready for that. No, it's, it's a nice one. Good, good. One quid. Give it a, one give quid. It a spin this afternoon. All yes. right. What about... Um, or at me, what do I think? I don't know yet. Ezra, which way do you what do you think? Well, I'm I'm just gonna throw the snake in the tarpet and go with um um birthday song. Oh, what about Tim? Birthday song. No, he's not, you liar. He has. He's gone. I'll tell you what he's gone with. Birthday song fifty points, which is illegal. Right. Yeah, yeah. Couples versus jobless, forty nine point five points, which is also illegal. But if we were playing up to fifty, it would be birth. All right. Well, I'm going for couples, even though I love birthday song. Uh, Michael E has gone for birthday song. Ooh, and Max has gone for couples, which means that uh, it is five against four. Tight, tight. But birthday song goes through. Um, and if there is such a thing as a second chance saloon, couples is going in there. Wait a chance, has it? It's done. So that means Iceland, blindness and birthday song predictably go through. Once again, we didn't need to bother having the episode. We should have just tossed the coin at the beginning. But uh, whatever. Killed a few hours, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> exactly. Ian, thanks very much for, for dropping by. Nice to meet you all. It's been great, and if you invite me back on for short numbers, I'm delighted. But um, absolutely, but yeah. For me, the le- the legacy of it doesn't always happen. Some polls, I'm happy to get to the end, but listen to them again. Fall or oh, that's a band hook. Fantastic. So, Ian, Ian, where, where you where you were uh, broadcasting from this morning? We, uh, Glasgow. Yeah, Glasgow. Oh, I, I was in Glasgow about two weeks ago. Sorry, uh, uh, 
Yeah, was it a seagull uh, pecking a pigeon to death? That was quite amusing. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, yeah. one of the things we watch. Was that a conference, Alistair? So uh, what's it was? <laughs> did the seagull win? Yeah. Oh always... yeah, yeah. There's breads everywhere. That's top entertainment in the south side of Glasgow. We love that. But it was interesting. You know, a large group of children stood around taking photographs, enjoying themselves. Uh, you know, it's all harmless fun, isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah, I've got an album photographs of that kind of stuff in here. It's just here, actually, just seagull uh, pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> the book's coming out next week. Yeah. It inspired me. Brilliant. All right. Well, thanks very much. And yeah, we'll reach out when we get to round three and see if, you, if you're uh, interested in coming back. So um, yeah, take care. Have a good day. And everyone else, uh, yes, take care yourselves and I'll see you all next week. Cool. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Cheerio. I'm going to play the theme tune so you can all, uh, you know. Write the theme tune. Play the tune. Exactly. Find it. Find it anymore.